Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is the John Oakley Show podcast. On a great day for Talk Radio, it's been, of course, uh, a very disruptive day for folks around the Eglinton Trithui neighborhood because we've got this big fire. Uh, of course, York Memorial Collegiate Institute, 90 years of age, the legacy there that that engenders or engendered. I don't know if it's past tense right now. Uh, we were talking earlier in the hour or uh, late last hour, rather, with a spokesperson from TDSB. And, uh, yeah, everything's still up in the air. And uh, the devastating fire has caused, obviously, uh, some concern for not just the student body, but just the neighbors in general. And, uh, you know, you've got those plumes of smoke and what have you, toxins in the air. Uh, There are other road closures I've alerted you to after 4 o'clock. Everything around the Scotiabank Arena because the Raptors game in Philly tonight, even though it starts at 8 o'clock, they're anticipating there's going to be a mass of humanity there. Jurassic Park may boast as many as 10,000, 15,000 people on the outside of the building, which is rather impressive. I think that that was the number on Sunday when they were in Philly, and Game 6 goes back there, so it'll be interesting to see again uh, if they can close them out when they return later on the week uh, to Philadelphia, hopefully tonight. Don't want to boot this one like the Leafs kind of did, letting Boston off the hook. Boston looks like a surefire bet to win the Cup now. That's the odds-on favorite for me. They got everything going, uh, and the Leafs could have taken them out in Game 6. Nonetheless, uh, road closures around, uh, not just there, but the Rogers Centre, too, with the Jays playing the Twins, and uh, that starts at 5 o'clock. The others around the Scotiabank Arena. This is a 4 o'clock, sh- uh, four o'clock shutdown on York between uh, Front Street and, uh, and Lakeshore, and Bremner as well uh, is Grand Trunk, I guess, right to uh, the stadium itself, so you know about these things. When it comes to transit, though, this is something. I mean, road closures in general can be a pain in the butt for a lot of folks in this town. Others are big advocates and proponents. We talked about it yesterday where 12 hubs are going to be set aside on two specific dates later this summer, August 18th and September 15th. But otherwise, uh, the concern du jour has to do with the fare changes on the UP Express between... Union Station and Pearson. And now some people who are using it as a kind of a commuter hop-on, hop-off situation and take uh, transit or transfers to the TTC uh, are not too pleased that there have been fare changes that uh, have taken place with the UP Express as of last month. Stephen Rowe is an author and Toronto transit advocate, and he's going to shed more light on this because it's out of my depth. Steve, good to have you back on the Oakley Show. Hi there. Hi. So, Steve, on this matter of the UP Express, do you understand that uh, they have changed their fare structure because they want to make it an express, as the name implies, and don't want to, you know, just be servicing people with a a hop-on, hop-off kind of agenda? Well, this is a good example of GoTransit not being able to make up its mind what kind of service it it thinks it's providing. Uh, When UPX first opened, it was very focused on the airport. The fares were high, and the ridership was not anywhere near what they expected, so they reduced the fares. Uh, One of the things they also did in reducing the fares was making um, the service from Weston and Etobicoke, and for that matter, Bluer uh, stations, with that Bluer and Dundas, to Union, um, an attractive fare 
uh, for people as an alternative to taking the TTC. And of course, West thinking of Weston Station, uh, it's kind of, it's badly isolated. It's it's not the easiest place to get to anywhere from, and so a trip to a subway line either to the east or to the south takes you a while. So then when the when the, um, the co-fare with the TTC was introduced, where basically you get a dollar fifty off of your TTC fare um, if you're using Go Transit, that was incorporated in the joint fare with UPX. So it made for a very uh, – I mean, it's not as cheap as taking the TTC, but it made for an attractive fare from Weston to downtown. Um, one of the things that's ironic is that part of the reason for encouraging that kind of travel was that uh, – particularly in the in the rush hour, um, UPX wasn't exactly packed coming in downtown from the airport in the morning. And also there was a lot of pressure from people there saying, look, we've got all these trains going through here every 15 minutes. Why can't we get on them at a decent fare? Mm-hmm. So the, that's what was done. Well, now the problem is Go has, um, you know, kind of, change hats once, Go has decided, well, maybe they should be going after trips within the city, whereas previously they were they were trying desperately not to carry uh, inside 416 trips because they wanted to save the capacity for people from outside. So there's been quite a reduction in the GO Transit fares, as distinct from UPX. It was a completely separate fare calculation for the two services. So the GO Transit fares within the city now are much cheaper than they used to be. Those fares still get the joint $1.50 off deal with the TTC. However, UPX lost it. So what happened was that at the same time the GO fares went down, the UPX fares effectively went back up to what they were before uh, the joint TTC-UPX fare was created, and people who had been encouraged to commute on UPX work a little bit cheesed off. Yeah, and uh, so I guess it's UPX signaling that they don't want to have uh, most of these short-hop commuters, right? They, they, they don't want the short-hop commuters. And, well, Go Transit says, well, that's that's fine, you know, because we're going to run service every 15 minutes on the Kitchener train. Uh-huh. The only problem is they don't do that now. Um, there are, well, the whole weekends and evenings, there is no service on the Kitchener train, so there are no trains other than UPX stopping in Weston. Um, and at other times of the day, the service is nowhere near every 15 minutes. And, of course, in the in the rush hour, uh, you know, you're competing with the commuters coming in from Brampton and Georgetown and Kitchener. To, you know, it's, it's like trying to get on the subway two stops from Bloor and Young. It's, it's kind of busy. So the people who had been able to get on a, a relatively empty UPX train coming in from the airport to downtown now, if they want the cheap fare and the frequent service, basically have to get on uh, the GO trains to the degree that GO run service that actually stops there. So it's it's at the very same time they're being told we're going to charge you more if you and if oh by the way if you want to train every fifteen minutes you got to pay the higher fare. Yeah, Steve Monroe is with us, author and Toronto Transit advocate. So what you're saying is uh, the segregation of fares now and the disparity is a betrayal of commuters. Yeah, basically because on one hand Go decided that they they wanted those short haul trips to shore up the ridership counts on UPX, and also because it it, it avoided them stopping their long haul trains and you know worrying about trying to carry in town passengers. Then all of a sudden, they now decided that well, we're giving everybody a discount on in-town travel. To hell with the with the cheap fare we were giving on UPX. And it's it's like Go Transit cannot make up its mind whether it really wants short-haul travelers or not. And this is going to be a big problem because 
um, in the in the broader context of how you know we talk about new subway lines in in Toronto, there's always been the sense that well maybe there's some way of avoiding the crunch on the subway by getting more people riding Go Transit, but a lot of the Go trains are full today in the rush hour, and it's not like there's capacity sitting around on Go Transit to absorb a lot more riding to offload the subway. Well, wasn't that the value proposition of John Tory Smart Track? Well, I mean, Smart Track is kind of if it's not dead, it's 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 on uh, life support. It's on it's, it's on life support, yeah. But the idea of Smart Track was a train at least every fifteen minutes, and some of the original publicity during the Merrill campaign talked about it going down to as frequently as like every five or six minutes, running on the Western Corridor and on the Stouffville Corridor on the east side, the one that runs up by uh, between Kennedy and Midland. And, um, you know, on that basis, that would be a very attractive service. That, however, is not what people are going to get. And SmartTrack as a service is little more than a branding exercise on some new stations that will be added to those corridors. I got you. All right. Hey, Steve, it's always great to get an update. Thanks for filling in the file this afternoon. Thanks a lot. Steve Monroe, author and Toronto Transit Advocate. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.